word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to John, the 13th chapter. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and, as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated and welcome again on this Bucking Horse Sale weekend uh, to those here present, to those who may be listening uh, by means of the radio broadcast. Uh, next week is baccalaureate. Uh, we observe the, uh, uh, the occasion of our high school graduating seniors, an important moment in their life. Uh, last week with Mother's Day, this week kind of the Sunday in between. And as I was unlocking the building this morning, I walked down the north hallway, as I always do, and I was suddenly and rather keenly aware of the absence of something. I was aware of the absence of the photographs of the 100 children of our preschool whose pictures are above their coat hooks, so they might know where to hang their backpacks and their coats. They've been taken down. And I suddenly felt very lonely uh, in that, uh, in that north, uh, north education wing, uh, mindful that the passage of time has brought us to this moment, uh, and uh, mindful of the programs of the preschool children that will be taking place during the, uh, 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 during the course of this week and some of them not to return because they will be moving on uh, to their more formal education in the public school system and kindergarten, even as we will in but a few days see those children of the congregation who will be moving on uh, in their life. Uh, it will leave us a bit hollow for a while, and yet uh, such is the passage of time. We uh, continue now in the season of Easter and uh, observe how our culture is such that the uh, great festivals of our faith, Christmas and Easter, are for the most part celebrated before the day gets here. Uh, and uh, that is uh, understandable at some level, unfortunate at, uh, at other levels. Um, but uh, throughout this season of Easter, 
in which we are still uh, still participating, um, though there are other distracting occasions that uh, have come up. I don't want to call Mother's Day a distraction. That sounds bad. Nor would I like to call uh, baccalaureate a distraction. That sounds that sounds awful. But uh, throughout the uh, season of Easter, uh, as we observe the season itself. Uh, there's been an increasingly clear picture emerging. A picture is emerging. That picture portends for us the coming of the church, okay, the coming of the church uh, that we will celebrate on Pentecost. From Easter morning that dawned with an empty tomb and angels appearing to a group of grieving women and Peter's bewilderment at the meaning of that empty tomb to the next Sunday in Easter and Thomas's encounter with the risen Lord where, where Thomas's doubts were both acknowledged and, uh, and relieved, to the third appearance of Jesus by the Sea of Galilee and Peter's threefold confession uh, that he loved Jesus as many times as he had denied him. There has been, as we read in the season of Easter, a constant direction forward making clear, I think, in the process that God's plan was not to end, it wasn't going to end with the resurrection. The resurrection wasn't the end of the story, but rather the beginning of another. Last Sunday, the gospel reading, though, if, if you noticed, moved away from uh, uh, Jesus' post-resurrection appearances and move back into an earlier scene in the Gospel of John that now, from the perspective of the resurrection, however, takes on a deeper and more specific meaning. Jesus was asked, Tell us, how long will you keep us in suspense? Are you the Christ? Now, in light of the resurrection, that question uh, can be answered and placed on full display. The gospel tells us that indeed Jesus is the Christ of God. And so we begin to ask the next logical question, and what does that mean? Moreover, what the Sunday gospel readings have been building toward is the next great event in salvation history. We are seeing the circle beginning to widen like ripples on a pond, after you've tossed in a pebble. Jesus suggests it. He says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them and they follow me, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. The Father and I are one. And elsewhere, as John put it, Jesus said, I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also. And they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. Today's reading, I'm with you only a little longer. To where I'm going, you cannot come. But I tell you to love one another. Such words sound increasingly to my ear like a farewell. Some final goodbye. That is coming, but to what end? When we couple those words of the gospel reading to those of the first reading, and there we encounter Peter's uh, 
uh, new and controversial vision that effectively uncoupled or decoupled the Jewish dietary laws as incumbent upon all who would be followers of Christ, we see the stage set for that next great event, the birth of the Christian church, Pentecost. For you see, Jesus intended a church that would be more than just tribal. It would be more than just the Jews. Jesus intended a church that would have global reach, mission, ministry, and consequences. A church where neither birthright nor law would hold sway, but rather a church in which a right relationship with God would be established by faith, faith in Jesus Christ, regardless of your tribe. Jesus was to be the redeemer of the world, and faith in Jesus Christ was to come to eclipse the law of Moses, not by eliminating it, but rather by fulfilling it. And, as a consequence, our old tribal ways were to yield toward becoming a new family. Okay, And, as we know, not all households of the same family look alike. The old covenant would become a new covenant. And among the most striking features of this new family of God would be that, as Peter pointed out, Gentiles, those who were not Jewish, those who did not live in that little sliver of land along the Mediterranean, were to be welcomed into the heretofore closed circle. As John would later write, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Peter's vision helped secure uh, a place for non-Jews within God's plan. The church would be born, and we will celebrate that birth on Pentecost, just a few days. And everything Jesus had done before, and those things that continued to be accomplished in his name, pointed toward that which would abide long after Jesus had returned to the Father. You will look for me, but where I'm going you cannot come, Jesus said. But what you can do, and indeed what I command you, is that you love one another. And be mindful that the Father and I are one when I speak. Christ's church would have many things to sort out in those early years. And many things to understand as it began its journey around the world. And defined itself by word and sacraments. For you see, not all the answers had been given, not the least of which was the relationship between the Father and the Son, not to mention that elusive third person of what came to be the Holy Trinity. During those opening centuries, creeds came into being. Creeds helped define both the nature of God and the relationship of the persons of the Trinity as we were to define it and understand it. But John also made clear that 
that Jesus uh, wanted it to be understood that if there was to be but one all-defining word that would come to identify his church in the world, that word had to be love. Love one another as I have loved you, he said. And this capacity to love, I think, a divine attribute. The capacity to love a divine attribute reflective of the one in whose image we're created. Just as we say God is love, we also must be reflective of that divine attribute. Yet I acknowledge anyone who's lived in love knows that love can be a rough and tumble undertaking. We love so imperfectly, and yet because of our divine nature created in the image of God, we are built to love. And if those who became the church have love for one another, let's also acknowledge at times they had strange ways of showing it down through the ages. And yet, here we are. Here we are. Here is the Christian church proclaiming the love of God. Alongside, and we acknowledge, alongside our spiritual ancestors, the Jewish faith, they who emphasize God's law, and also in a world that is increasingly populated by the come-lately Islamic faith that advocates for submission to the will of God. And so if those three qualities define the three great monotheisms of the world, love, law, and submission, give me love. Give me love. Yet here we are, proclaiming that God so loved the world, you know the rest. So, soon, the next season on the church, your calendar will begin. It's called Pentecost, 50 days after the resurrection. I love teaching children uh, the calendar of the uh, seasons of the church here. I enjoy it very much. We utilize the windows often in teaching as they trace from Advent through Pentecost of stained glass. Pentecost is a time of year uh, that observes the life of the early church. And other seasons of the church year calendar point to times of, in, in the life of Christ. So the season that we are about to embark upon, Pentecost, celebrates the life of the church. Whereas the seasons that we are now leaving behind celebrate the life of Christ. Advent anticipates Christ's birth and his return, and Epiphany, the visitation of the wise men, and God among us. Lent prepares for Christ's passion and leads to Easter, the season we are now in. As we now near the end of the season of Easter, the eyes of all turn to Pentecost in the days of the early church. The season of Pentecost and its stories, although last until summer, has come and gone and frost is again in the air. Pentecost tells of our early spiritual history and heritage, the story of our faith. Next December 5th, the church will again gather when the color of Advent blue will announce a new church year and the cycle will continue. 
Today, as we hear and respond to Jesus Christ's instruction and admonition, as we near the ascension of our Lord in the day of Pentecost, listen once more to Christ's words. He said, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Not how well you keep the law, nor whether you can bring submission, but rather if you can love. Amen.